0: Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. What do you know? It's time for another Justin show. It's the Justin show. Drink Justin show. <laughs> I'm trying out new theme songs. Uh, that's probably not going to be the one that I use. But uh, anyway, hey, this is a, another episode of what I'm calling R&R. I am calling r and do not know. I thought it was clever. R&R, but it stands for ranting and raving, not rest and relaxation like you would think. <laughs> God, I'm hilarious. Maybe I'll change the name later. I don't know. But anyway, we are back. So I, it's just me again. Um, you know, if I don't have anybody to talk to, I'll just talk to myself. Or I'll talk to a blank computer screen, which is a little bit off-putting because I'm used to talking to a person, but this is, uh, you know, um, it's fine, I guess, you know, we're, we're, we're making it work. It's 221, 21 21 February 21st, in the year of our Lord, 20 and 21. Let's find out what people are pissed off about today. All right, so follow up on uh, last episode. Uh, about Ted Cruz going to Cancun during a, uh, winter storm here in Texas. And I don't mean just any winter storm. I mean, like a once in a hundred year winter storm, people died, uh, lots of property damage all over the place, the entire state, basically, um, Ted Cruz, Senator from Houston went to Cancun during the storm. I said last time, I wasn't really upset with him about it. Um, But when he came back, uh, he got back after it got warm again. So this tells you anything about Texas weather. If you don't know anything about Texas weather, this is how it works. Uh, Two days ago, we were coming out of a historic winter storm where it was below zero and everything's frozen and people were dying. Today, I'm outside in a t-shirt playing with my son for hours in a t-shirt just fine. That's how Texas weather is. Okay, so the snow, all that snow, that 6 to 12 inches, gone, every single bit of it. And it's warm enough to be hanging out outside in a t-shirt. So uh, he comes back after the weather gets nice again. I'm sure with, with a, with a wonderful tan and just a a great outlook on life after he's been getting so much shit from all of his, you know, uh, colleagues on the left. I don't know if anybody on the right was giving him as much shit as the people on the left, but you know, uh, it looked bad, right? Can we just, we can all agree, even though I said, I'm not necessarily mad at him for doing it. Um, it, it just looks bad, right? It fails the optic test, okay? Especially when it's brought to uh, national spotlight. And uh, I'm sure that there was, uh, he was not the only one to, uh, you know, go to a different place that's warmer and nicer whenever a winter storm is coming. Uh, this is just the first time somebody's been called out about it. I don't know that for a fact. I'm just saying uh, this became a big deal. Um, When he got back, he decided to uh, start handing out water. So he comes back after the storm is over, and it's all nice and 60-something degrees outside. And he's like, (laughs) he's just walking around outside handing out bottles of water and a (laughs) T-shirt and sunglasses with his tan, you know, looking... uh, freshly sun kissed and uh, yeah, not, not a good look. So, but here's the thing, like what now he's getting shit for that. Right. I'm not saying he shouldn't get shit. I'm not. I just said, I personally wasn't mad at him for going in the first place, but um, you know, I'm, I was unaffected either way, but he comes back, you know, he starts handing out water and he's getting shit for that too. So if he hadn't have handed out water, when he got back, he would have gotten shit. If he did, he would have gotten shit. I mean, it's kind of a, he kind of put himself in a lose lose. Okay, I agree. He he wouldn't be in this position if he didn't leave in the first place. Okay, um, but we already hatched that in the in the last show. But my point is, he goes back, hands out water, and now people are giving him a hard time for doing that as well. Um, here's what I think he should have done. Okay. I think what he should have done was instead of handing out water, he should have handed out souvenirs from Cancun, from his trip in Cancun. So he'll walk around to people who have been without power for three or four days. And uh, <laughs> sorry I wasn't here during the storm to give you this bottle of water. But here's a nice postcard here's a nice keychain with your name on it isn't that nice maybe if he showed up handing out everyone sombreros that he bought from a gift shop on the strip in cancun maybe people would be uh, a little bit more accepting of it but uh, they're not so anyway just to let you know he did come back uh he did um Try to look like he was helping. Of course, there's lots of photographs of him handing out water. but Like I said, okay, if he had done this during the storm, there'd still been a photo op. He could have went out there for five minutes, handed out a few balls of water, snapped a few photos, went right back inside, and done nothing else. And that would have appeased the general public, even though in reality he did nothing tangible. This is the theater. This is a the political theater that we're dealing with none of these people care the people okay you think the people on the left the ones that are giving him so much shit about leaving you think that they care like that they genuinely care about the individuals that were affected by this? no they don't care they don't care about the individual what they care about is you thinking that they care about the individuals that's what they really care about okay it's their face value that's what they care about and of course if somebody else does something that they can take advantage of and piggyback on. Ted Cruz leaves and AOC comes out and says, oh, look at what a bad guy he is. She flies down, starts handing out some water. Look at what a good guy I am. And look at what a bad guy he is. She might have flown down on a private jet, hand us a few bottles of water. Uh, but it took some few. I don't know what she did. I don't know what she did. I just saw somewhere that she was um, apparently doing, quote, unquote, his job while he was away. Uh, and she's not even from here, but who knows? I mean, I I don't know. She could have flown down on a private jet, handed out a few bottles of water, snapped a few photos, look at me, I'm great, hauled ass back to where she came from, and then used that as a political stunt. Maybe she did. I don't know. Maybe she really did stay around. I I don't know. I'm, I'm conceding the fact that I don't know what her level of involvement was. I'm just saying that there is a theater going on here, and none of these people really care. It's all about just making you think that they care. Okay. And, and, and we all know that. So, so stop trying to pretend like your party is right and the other one is wrong. They're all, they're all doing it. Okay. Gates Foundation, behind effort to end white supremacy in math instruction by eliminating need for students to show work. Okay, apparently math is racist. That's basically what we're saying here. Gates Foundation Behind Effort to End White Supremacy. First of all, stop you right there. White supremacy in math. Do you know anything about math? Okay, the whites are not supreme in math saying there's white supremacy in math is like saying there's asian supremacy in the nba there is no white supremacy in math we are not killing it in the math game okay this is a fact and it's not racist to say that asian people are good at math it's a statistical fact (laughs) it's objective you can measure it and that's not bad it's not bad. It's not racist to say that Asians are good at math. That's good. That's a good that's a compliment. It's good that you're good at math. I wish I was as good at math as you are. And I'm not saying that you have some kind of genetic difference that makes you just more prone to being good at math than me and that makes you different just because of the person that you are and the race that you are. Even if I did. Even if that's what I was saying. That's Is it still racist if it's a good thing? I don't know. But anyway, my point is, uh, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation are providing money for a cause, which is to eliminate racism from the nation's math curriculum. I'm reading from the article here from the, the, the Washington Examiner, which... I don't know. I've never heard of this. This could be like one of those alt-right websites. that's like blowing it out of proportion or taking it out of context. I don't know. But here's what it's saying. Okay. Um, A group dedicated to eliminating racism from the nation's math curriculum, which would be accomplished in part by eliminating the need for students to show their work after solving a math problem. So apparently requiring students to show their their work after a math problem is racist. I, I don't know how that's racist. Asking someone to show their work on math? But apparently it is. And Bill Gates feels like he needs to pay 3.6 million dollars to fix it again i i i'll, I'll read more because i'm having trouble connecting. you know i, I don't know I, i'm i'm having trouble connecting these dots here um included on this site is a lesson on dismantling racism in mathematics instruction which decries racist behavior, shit, my computer's jumping around. Um, which, de, which decries racist behavior, such as the focus on getting on, okay, these are in quotes, as the quote focus, end quote, on quote, getting the right answer, end quote, requiring students to quote, show their work and in the and quote independent practice being valued over teamwork or collaboration so apparently teamwork and collaboration are the solution and not showing your work are how we're going to make math not racist anymore. where does this money go They gave 3.6 million dollars to this foundation. Okay, so I'm the foundation. Bill Gates writes me a check for 3.6 million dollars. He says, "Hey, make math not racist." I say, "Okay, what do I do? What do I do with the money? Do I like buy TV ad space and start making commercials about how math is racist?" And like, what? Where is this money going? I, I feel like this is one of those things where like rich this is one of like the the tricks that rich people use this is like a under the uh, under the table handy type situation where rich people give to this fake uh charitable organization so they can write it off and deduct it from their taxable income and then these these uh, uh what are they called organizations these these charitable organizations then they These fake charities, they give the money back to them somehow in a roundabout way, uh, basically laundering their money for them and making it tax exempt. Is that what's going on here? That's the only thing you could think of. And I'm not going to give this story any more time. I don't know how true this is. Like, It looks legit, but at the same time, I'm thinking there's got to be something missing because if that's it, this is insane math being freaking racist you kidding me speaking of racist evidently michael che a black man is uh he's a comedian on saturday night live there's a long-standing segment on saturday night live sorry (laughs) these brief pauses i'm drinking beer again i'm always drinking beer that's part of the bit on the show you gotta drink beer by the way if you're a beer company if you're a brewery out there in the world And you want me to give you a shout out. I typically go through about two cases of beer a month on average. That's my going rate. If you can send me two cases of beer a month, I'll tell you, and it's good beer. I'll talk about how good it is. You know, send it to me for free. You know, that's about $50 retail-ish. Variety packs, I prefer. Um, You know, I'll, I'll give you a shout out. Anyway, I'm not making any money on this. I'll work for beer. Michael Che, black man, uh, from Saturday Night Live. There's this longstanding segment um, on there. It's called the, um, what's it called? Like the daily weekend update. That's it, weekend update. Um, apparently, he makes an anti-Semitic joke on Saturday Night Live that's already getting social media crit- Criticism. Oh, God, social media criticism. I didn't even know that was a thing. People criticize each other on social media? I had no idea. What? I don't know why I'm freaking talking about this. So here's what he said. Um, during a weekend update, Che joked that his name is Che, C-H-E. Famous comedian, you should know him. Che joked that half the people in Israel had already been vaccinated and, quote, I'm going to guess it's the Jewish half, end quote. So during, during the show, he made a joke about how the nation of Israel, which, you know, Israel, it's the oldest battleground. Um between Arabs and Jews, it's about 50-50-ish, okay, um, there's, you know, a lot of fight over who has the right to claim Jerusalem, um, is it Arab, is it Jewish, you know, I'm not going to go into all the, the the religious stuff behind that, you probably know it if you're an adult my age or anywhere around my age, I'm sure that you understand all the, um all the stuff surrounding that uh, that religious and political intersection there in Israel. But anyway, it's about half and half, half Jewish, half Arab, right? Uh, so Che, and I don't know if that, God, I, I feel like I'm already going to get someone who's going to like say something about how, well, actually, it's 42% this and 58%. This. And I'm like, oh, God just just give me a break here okay people so um apparently it's anti-semitic or in other words anti-jew because that's what anti-semitic means right it means that you're anti-jew um, to say that a, a jewish-led uh, government is giving the jewish half of the population the vaccine before the Arab half. And somehow that's anti-Jew. I don't know if if people are upset just because he's talking about Jews in general, like you're not even allowed to say. uh, I mean, it's a a comedy show. First of all, for God's sake, can we just stop and and pause and, and rewind? It's a comedy show. This is a comedy show. This is not meant to be taken literally. Like they have skits on there um, that uh, about stuff that's completely made up and it's all comedic and none of it's real. But then this guy makes this one joke on this one show. That's obviously a comedy show that no one is trying to imply is actual real news. It's disguised as a news program. Uh, But Hey, How is that any different from the major news networks that people get most of their information from? Um, It's disguised as a a news show, but it's just comedy. It's just jokes. They're joking that this Jewish government gave Jews the vaccine first over, and somehow that's anti-Jew. It's like, wouldn't that be pro-Jew? Like you're saying, Jews got it first, they won. Jews won. That's when I first read this, I was like, yeah, he's saying like Jews won. Like, how is it anti-Jew to say the Jews won? They they chose their own over someone else. Now I get that that's I get that it's not true, but once again, you should know it's not true. It's a comedy show. Why are you getting so upset? This one person said name was I'm not gonna call her out. I don't know this person. She might be a g- good person. I don't know. But the but the comment said, and this is just some random person. This isn't like a, a geopolitical expert or anything. It says anti-Semitic hashtag SNL's Michael Che said Israel vaccinated half of its population. I'm going to guess it's the Jewish half. Um, Fact check. Here's the fact checkers. Uh, apparently this person knows. I don't know how she knows. But she said Israel vaccinated 43% of arab population but has trouble convincing them to be vaccinated stfu which means shut the fuck up anti-israel asshole so now he's gone from making a simple joke in a comedy show to being anti-israel the whole nation so First, he was anti-Semitic, which, if you're anti-Semitic, means you're anti-Jew, and if Jews and Arabs really hate each other, if you're anti-Jew, you're pro-Arab, right? So, how are you anti-Israel if Jews and Arabs are both in Israel? How do you anti-Israel if you're pro-Arab? I just don't. Logically, this doesn't make sense. It's are you anti-Semitic? Are you anti-Israel? Or are you both? I don't know. The, but. This whole story is stupid. There is no reason to be upset. And also, did you think he made this up on his own? What about the writers? People wrote that joke. He didn't just make this up on the fly. There is a whole team of writers at SNL. Michael Lauren, by the way, the guy that owns SNL, he's Jewish. Okay. His team of writers wrote that joke. And Michael Che, a black man, said the joke. <laughs> and now he's a racist. <laughs> from A black guy who made a Jewish joke from a Jewish owner and Jewish writers, probably some of them, I'm sure. I don't know. Maybe they're, they are. Maybe they're not. Um, suddenly, I, it, none of this makes sense. None of this makes sense. There's no reason. To be upset this is one of those things where people try to make a name for themselves as the person who's st- who stood up against racism and anti-semitism mm, yes everyone look at me look at me i'm standing up for people like me on twitter share it get me a bunch of shares so i can be famous for like five seconds says the guy making a podcast that no one listens to yet yet I'm a hypocrite, but that's the thing. I'm willing to admit it. Okay. This bitch here needs to get off of her high horse. You're not special. Moving on. A 90, speaking of anti Semitism, someone who was really anti Semitic, a 95 year old Tennessee man who was Nazi, who was Nazi guard. That's a typo. This is ABC News. Should be who was a Nazi guard gets deported to Germany. Colon feds. What is what the fuck does colon feds mean? Why would you say the guard gets deported to Germany? Colon feds. Does that mean according to the feds? I don't know what that means. Anyway, there's a guy who's 95 years old, he just got deported back to Germany. Because he used to be a Nazi back in uh, 1945, it says Friedrich Karl Berger was an armed guard at the Neungam concentration camp. I don't know how to pronounce that, Uh, but it was a concentration camp in Germany where he participated in Nazi-sponsored acts of persecution, the Justice Department said. Uh, Berger, who, was, who has German citizenship, okay, so he has German citizenship, but he's also an American, so I guess he has dual citizenship. It doesn't say if he has dual, but I'm assuming he does if he's 95 and he's here. I'm assuming he's been here for a while. Um, was ordered, removed from the U.S. in February of 2020. This was a year ago. Following a two-day trial, the Justice Department said. According to the court, Berger allegedly admitted to guarding prisoners to keep them from escaping during their forced outdoor labor in the winter of 1945. He admitted that he never requested a transfer from concentration camp guard service and that he continues to receive a pension from Germany based on his employment in Germany, including his wartime service. So that's the part that got me. So I I wasn't really, I was like, what are we talking about here until I got to that last part? He's still getting a pension from Germany based on his service during the war as a Nazi, which I found surprising. I'm not saying that Germany is pro Nazi, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's surprising that the German government would still be paying a Nazi guard a pension for his wartime service in which he worked at a concentration camp to prevent Jews from running away. That, that to me was surprising. So I feel like there's more to this. Maybe the German government didn't know what he was doing, exactly. but I mean, hell, it would be... If you were serving during the war in 1945 and you're in Germany, what else were you doing? I mean, you weren't you weren't fighting for the Allies. You weren't fighting with the Americans, with the Allies. Like what? What? What else would he have been doing? I don't know. But uh, anyway, I just thought that that was interesting. Ninety-five. The guy's gonna die like tomorrow and we sent him back to germany where he's still a citizen and still getting a pension from them so i don't know maybe he uh maybe he will be received by germany with open arms maybe they'll just be like okay just come stay here for you know a few hours until you keel over uh, you know, I doubt that they would make a big deal out of it. It'd be different if he was a young guy, but I mean he's 95. You know, he'll be gone soon. And I don't think that's harsh. I'm just saying he's 95. You know, he should have been dead like 20 years ago. All right. Uh, let's see. Invisibility cloaks. Listen up, Harry Potter fans. Invisibility cloaks are no longer just science fiction. That's right, people. Do you wanna creep on your hot neighbor? Well, here's your opportunity. So, um, there is a cloak that people have, I say people, I don't know who these people are. Uh, it doesn't really say. Hyper Stealth Biotechnology Corporation, that's who the people are. Hyper Stealth cloaking technology could hide people, weapons and buildings uh here so here's how it works okay apparently oh this is a canadian company by the way who knew who knew the canadians were capable of such things there's only like a thousand people in their whole country but i guess they're all working together to get this done um so here is how it's it's all possible thanks to what is called a lenticular lens a lenticular lens so a lenticular lens is a corrugated sheet in which each ridge is made up of an outward curving lens you might come across lenticular lenses on some of your old holographic pokemon and baseball cards uh, in lenticular lens, rows of cylindrical lenses refract light according to the viewing angle. So, yeah, you know, like those old cards where, you know, you can turn them left or right. And depending on the way that you're looking at them, it makes it look like they're moving. We've all seen stuff like that, right? So apparently if you, uh, they, they made a fabric out of that same thing. And this fabric you can put over you. Uh, and wear it, I guess like a suit is what they're aiming for. And um, whenever you look at it, it, ref- it it deflects the light so that you can't see what's right behind it, but it does say that you can see the background. So like if you're right behind it, apparently it won't show, what's right behind it in other words you because you're going to be right behind it but it will show what's a little bit further back behind that and so they say it's not perfect you can still it it still looks kind of blurry but still I mean it's a hell of a lot better than trying to dress up like a tree and stand real still and hope no one sees you so It says that the company's prototype material is as thin as paper, cheap to produce, and requires no power source. So, uh, yeah, I don't know how to feel about that. I mean, it's good for us, like military wise. But, uh, like, let's say that this technology becomes, you know, uh, available readily by the common man worldwide wouldn't you always be a little bit worried that it would uh you know somebody be watching you so and also if you think well i'll just put on some uh thermal thermal vision goggles well no because apparently it hides you from that too i'm uh, i'm looking at a picture here and they got like a thermal camera looking at this guy and he's holding up a sheet of this stuff in front of him but only like his lower half. And you can see his top half, but you can't see his lower half on the thermal screen. So apparently it blocks like your your heat signature as well. So you're invisible to just the naked eye, but you're also invisible to thermal cameras and night vision cameras. And you're like, you're literally invisible, even to machines, which is crazy. So... Uh, Take extra precaution when you are having private time with the misses, if you know what I mean. Or yourself. But seriously, though, um, that's creepy. It's creepy. and That's a real yay-boo situation. Yay for being invisible. Boo that other people might use it against me. Ah, uh, let's see, Biden, uh, what's going on with him? How much free money are we going to get? You know, all that, those stimulus plans that the Democrats were blocking while Trump is still in office so that they could wait until he was out and pass their own and then try to take credit for it. Yeah. How much money are we getting? Well, let's see. Here's what's in the house. Democrats stimulus relief plan. Long story short, 14 hondo dollars a person 1400 per person that includes kids so it's not like half money for kids which uh i mean is nice i never really got the half money for kids anyway and i guess half you know kids aren't as expensive expensive as adults because like they don't have bills but at the same time they do cost money so anyway It says $1,400 per person. Uh, A family of four could receive up to $5,600. Individuals earning less than $75,000 a year and married couples earning less than $150,000 a year would be sent the full amount. Well, I definitely follow that range for sure. Until this podcast takes off and these beer companies send me free beer which i'm going to turn around and sell to people in town for a dollar a beer i'm just kidding i wouldn't do that i like drinking it too much um let's see the payment will be calculated based on either 2019 or 2020 income unlike the previous two rounds adult dependents would be eligible for the payments so, all you millennials living in your parents' basement, congratulations. You're about to get an even bigger handout. Good for you. You know what? I say that, but at the same time, I really do feel bad for millennials. Dude, they got a real shit hand. Okay. They really did. Like, never in, I'm not going to say never because. I don't. I don't know. I don't like to talk out of my ass, even though I probably do that more than I should, especially on this podcast. But you know, most of the time when I'm talking out of my ass, I'm joking. But this time, I'm being for real. Millennials really did get a raw deal. So, you know, you can look at people who are in their 20s and 30s who still live with their parents, and you can say, well, why the hell? What kind of a loser? Is still living with their parents at 23. First of all, this is not that uncommon in other countries. Okay. Now, I'm not saying everywhere, not saying in all countries. I'm just saying there are other countries where this is not big countries, uh, where this is not unheard of, this is not uncommon. Okay. And in fact, it's encouraged because instead of going out on your own and trying to hack it on your own, Uh, And paying rent somewhere else, you can just stay in, split the mortgage payment on the house that your parents live in, and everyone saves money. And then you use all that money that you save and you invest it, and that money turns into more money. And then that family becomes wealthier as a whole. Okay. And that's a strategy that we here frown upon for some reason. We turn our noses up at people wanting to live together in order to make life cheaper. So they can then take that extra money they're saving and invest it to turn it into more money, which is the definition of capitalism, reducing your expenses, taking your saving more money, investing it, turning it into more money. But somehow in capitalist America, we poo poo on that. We say, no, you're 18. Get the fuck out and, and try to make it on your own. Maybe you will. Maybe you won't. But uh it's just too weird for some reason, if you, if you keep living here after 18. Um, but yeah, no, so I mean, you, you know, people with college degrees, they have, they have college degrees, they have all the student loan debt and they're making minimum wage, which minimum wage doesn't even cover rent because rent is outrageous. Unless you're splitting it with two or three other people, which if you're going to split it with two or three other people, just stay at your parents' house and split it with those two or three other people. Okay. I say two or three, like you have two or three parents, you know, maybe you only have one parent. I don't know, but but my point is you split it with other people. Okay. So if you're going to split rent, split it with other people that you know, and not with random strangers, um, and, and then you get nothing out of it. So, anyway, I don't judge people. Um, Live with your parents. Stay with them. Save all that money. Turn it into more money. Will blue gas kill Tesla? Blue gas? What is blue gas? Well, apparently, it's a new emission-free liquid hydrocarbon that can fuel a 300-mile trip on a full tank compared to the average Elon Musk-owned they, they felt like they needed to point that out. The average Elon Musk owned electric cars that go 250 miles on a single battery charge. First of all, why did you have to single out Elon Musk? Why did you have to say the average Elon Musk owned electric cars? You could have said Teslas. Like we'd fucking know what Teslas are. But instead of just saying compared to the average Tesla, they said compared to the average Elon Musk owned electric car. Is this like an anti Elon Musk owned or anti Elon Musk article? Is he is he Jewish? Maybe this article is anti Semitic. I don't know. I don't think he's Jewish. Blue gas, it's liquid, like the gas that we use now. Uh, Which, listen, I know everyone's on the battery train, like you think battery. And you think, and it makes no emissions, and it's good. But listen, these lithium battery, lithium is a raw material. It has to be mined from the earth. It requires a lot of energy to mine it from the earth, and it's not reusable. Even though Tesla says, Elon Musk, not Tesla, because apparently. People don't know what Tesla is. We have to say an Elon Musk owned electric car company um, says that they do recycle 100% of their batteries. And I'm sure that they do. If he says they do, I believe him. I love Elon. Let me just say that. I love Elon Musk. I think he's like a modern day Nikola Tesla. Uh, Nikola Tesla was he is my personal favorite scientist. That dude is the man. He had the idea for the internet back in like the 1700s. before there were even computers or electronics. He had an idea, it wasn't called the internet. He had an idea for a worldwide invisible- ne- I'm, I'm, I'm going off of memory, but I think he said a worldwide invisible network of information where information could be passed from one part of the world to the other instantly through an invisible network through the air. That was like his idea. And he had that hundreds of years ago. This guy was incredible. He also died super young because he never slept. He was always working, just like Elon Musk, always working. But apparently he gets a solid six every night, which if you're an adult, six hours is not bad. But anyway, uh, yeah. So, so what I'm saying is, even though I love Elon, these lithium-ion batteries are not environmentally friendly. They're just not. Like, as far as the emissions go, and they're not being any car, like greenhouse gases coming out of the car. Right. That's that's a good thing, which gas-powered cars uh, do have and also um, gasoline-powered cars. It requires energy and makes a lot of mess in uh, getting that raw material, I'm sorry, raw material out of the ground and transporting it and processing it and all this. And all this requires energy and all this energy gives uh, outputs of uh, waste gases that go into there. And it's all icky and sticky and gross and bad, okay? All I'm saying is that lithium ions are not perfect. They're probably better. Lithium ion batteries are probably better. And I'm only saying probably better because even though they do require, they do make a mess to get out of the ground, they don't cause more of a mess after they're out of the ground, unlike gasoline does. Okay, so they're probably better. But this stuff that we're talking about now, this blue gas, apparently... It is uh, like it's, it causes no emissions at all, just like the battery, but the emissions go into the, uh, I'm sorry, I said that there's no emissions. The, the only emission, let me see, the, the only emissions that do come out are stuff that's not necessarily bad. I think it's just water that comes out, if I'm not mistaken. Um. Hmm. Let me see. Where is it? Give me a second. So going back to lithium batteries, the extraction process of lithium. So to get lithium out of the ground, it requires 500,000 gallons of water per metric ton, and it harms the soil and causes air contamination. And once the lithium battery dies, it's discarded. Um, But this new fuel, this blue fuel, I sound like Dr. Seuss there, this new fuel, this blue fuel, also provides more miles, um, 50 miles more, per tank. Um, And it apparently has uh, no emissions at all. It's a carbon neutral process, they say. Where was it? I freaking read it earlier. It's a liquid fuel, a liquid hydrocarbon fuel consisting of carbon monoxide and oxygen that can be used in vehicles built from 2002 and it's 100% emissions free. So, what that means is that you can use this in your car right now. If your car was built after 2002, you can use it right now and it's 100% emissions free, just like the battery. Now, I'm sure it does require some energy to harvest out of the ground because you got to get it's, it's made of something. I don't know what it's made up of. Um, all it says is that blue gas does not involve lithium or batteries or rare earths. takes a shorter time to fuel up and lasts longer than electric vehicles, making a, making it a potential Tesla killer. So the reason I like this is because you don't have to go to buy a whole new car to be emissions free. You can use this blue fuel to power the car that you already have and be emissions-free tomorrow, if you have it. But I don't know why it's not available right now. If it's really this great, why is it not? Like, why, why haven't we heard of it? Why aren't we using it? I'm sure there's more to it than that. There's got to be more to it. I want to know more about how it's harvested out of the ground. And carbon monoxide, this is made up of carbon monoxide. That's poisonous. It's a liquid hydrocarbon fuel consisting of carbon monoxide and oxygen. I'm sure when it combusts it probably turns into but still if it's carbon monoxide and oxygen and you and you put them together I mean eh, I need to know more about this carbon monoxide business cuz that's odorless and poisonous. Like, people die from that shit. People die from that during the winter storm. This winter storm that we had here in Texas recently. Uh, people were running their gas furnaces. And I, I guess some of the gas was leaking out. It wasn't combusting. It was just getting, it was accumulating in the air. And they had the doors and windows closed, obviously, because it's cold outside. And people were dying of carbon dioxide poisoning. Because you can't smell it. Um experts confirm orange pearl found in trucker's $1 1 euro I'm sorry sea snail snack say that three times fast is a rare milo pearl worth 70,000 euros so apparently this guy uh this trucker uh I don't know what country this was in. This was in some one of those weird countries where they eat weird shit. Oh, it was in Thailand. In Thailand, so apparently in Thailand, if you're a trucker, you pull over uh, and get you know you're getting gas at your at your gas station there. At your at your Bucky's, and you're filling up your rig, and you pop in for a sea snail snack, and this guy paid a dollar a one euro. Uh, for a sea snail. Hold on. Why don't they have euros in Thailand? I think this article was written by someone in Europe. And so they're using euros as an equivalence. Um, yeah, because later on, they refer to bots, like B-H-A-T, I believe is how you spell it, a bot, which I think is their currency in Thailand. Uh, but anyways... He paid like a buck 50 U S for this thing. That's worth like 80 grand U S um, it's a sea snail. He got a snack. He pulled over and said, mm, I've been on the road for 12 hours. You know, what sounds good. A sea snail. It's an apple snail uh, more specifically. It's an apple snail shell from a market near his home in the Chonburi province in Thailand. On February 10th, he found an orange little egg in there. It's a pearl. It's like an orange color, and this milo pearl is uh, it's apparently worth a lot of money. I don't know who it's worth a lot of money. Like who's out there paying 70,000 euros or roughly. 80,000 US. I don't know if that's how the money translates, but my point is, I know that the euro is worth more than a dollar or it used to be. Um, who's paying that kind of money for an orange pearl from a sea snail snack? I don't know, but evidently, this uh, trucker he didn't sell it for 70,000 euros. He sold it for what's the equivalent of 33,000 us dollars, which is about a third of the price. So I guess that's a hundred thousand us dollars is what they said it could go for, um, so he sold it for like, you know, Hey, 30, something grand us and called it a day. I'd say that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good investment. Um, (laughs) okay i'm gonna read you this story nasa in crisis as mars rover only sending selfies with filters on so recently uh nasa launched a rover to mars because we need more of those on there because we need to know we need to make damn sure that Mars is a cold, dead, lifeless place. You know, we sent rovers before, and they said, hey, NASA, Mars is a cold, dead, lifeless place. And NASA said, are you sure? They're like, yeah, we're sure. I was like, well, you're a robot. We're going to send another one just to be sure. So I sent another one just to make sure that it was a cold, dead, lifeless place. And so the rover gets there, and uh, I'll just read the story. Following a successful landing on Mars, the mood turned sour today at NASA. After the first images were received from the Perseverance rover, scientists expected them to be a treasure trove of valuable scientific information, only to discover that they were all images of the rover posing with various filters turned on. In addition to only sending worthless selfies, Perseverance complained about NASA constantly issuing requests and instructions. It told us to stop being so thirsty, said someone from NASA. Even when the rover is willing to engage, it shows little interest in downloading telemetry data or conducting soil analysis, instead preferring to discuss events back on Earth. It keeps asking us to spill the tea, whatever that means. <laughs> so obviously this is a fake story. This is not a real story. I just thought that this was hilarious. Um, so, but they really did send a rover. A rover really did uh, land on Mars recently. And it is doing its job. It's taking pictures and soil samples like it's supposed to. But um, I just thought it was funny that... Uh, They made up this fake news story. This is from Breaking Berg, a satirical blog serving Western Pennsylvania and beyond. Good job, Breaking Berg. That was pretty funny. But you know what is funny? This article was on a list of like with real other real articles. It was just kind of like hidden in there. In Newsbreak, Newsbreak is where I get like all my stuff from. Uh. And it was just kind of like hidden in there in the middle of all those other ones. And so um, I thought it was like at first for like five seconds, I thought it was real. I thought maybe there was some kind of a malfunction where they they were sending, they they had filters that were, I I didn't know. I didn't know what it was. I thought maybe it was a technical glitch and it was just like a one-time thing. And they thought, oh, this is funny. Let's write about this but it was obviously a fake article whenever you get like five seconds in. I just thought it was funny. It says, this is what happens when you leave the programming to Gen Z interns. It's only halfway through Queen's Gambit and hasn't even started Bridgerton yet. So we have leverage. (laughs) Okay, that was fun. But here's a real story that's not so fun. Um, This is so messed up. Okay, I'm going to tell you about this. This is what we're going to end on. This is the last thing. We're going to end on this. It is the tragic story of the Dion quintuplets. quintuplets, meaning five twin babies born at the same time. So in 1934, there was this woman who gave birth to quintuplets. Her name was Zira. Uh, Elzira Dion. Uh, I, I don't know if it's. I guess it's pronounced Dion, like Celine Dion, who I think is also Canadian. Maybe uh, she was 25 at the time, and in 1934 she gave birth to five babies, quintuplets. Um. So here's why this is interesting. So first of all, in 1934, if you gave birth to one kid and didn't die, it was pretty cool it was an achievement it's like oh wow you survived childbirth good for you but to have five kids at the same time and the mother not die and none of the five kids die apparently was such a big deal that people were willing to pay money just to come look at the kids just to see the kids that didn't die during childbirth. Let that sit in for a second. While you're over here complaining that uh, you've got spotty Wi-Fi signal on your phone while you're trying to play words with friends or or Candy Crush or some shit, (laughs) these people were just happy to have a kid and not die. So... uh, she had five kids, and apparently, um, after she had the five kids, she had had some investors had approached her and said, "Hey, we want to put your kids on exhibit and charge tickets for people to come by and pay money to look at your kid." And the mom almost did it, but then she didn't end up doing it, but she almost did it. So apparently the Canadian the Canadian government found out about this. And they, and they found out that she was almost going to exploit them for money. So for whatever reason, the government decided to take the children from the mom, even though she didn't actually exploit them for money. That she had just considered it but then didn't so the canadian government said we're going to come take the kids because we don't trust you the parent with these kids we feel like you may exploit them in the future so the canadian government takes the kids from the from the mom and uh what do they do they put them in this building with like a full-time staff to take care of the kids and they charge money to the general public to come look at them. Yes, the Canadian government turned it into a tourist attraction. It was the largest tourist attraction in Canada. It even had a name, the house and the grounds that the kids were raised in. Raised in and on by this full-time staff of people. It had an it was called Quintland. Quint as in Quintuplets, Quintland. So the Canadian government took these quintuplets from the mom because they were afraid she was going to exploit them for money so that they could exploit them for money. And the girls, it says the girls were exposed to the public until the age of nine. At the same time, they were closely supervised by an army of nurses and doctors and constantly subjected to medical tests. Between 1934 and 1943, about three million people went to see the Dion girls. Uh, The hospital periodically published information on the growth and development of the children and images of the five girls always appeared in the newspapers. the Canadian government and the businesses associated with the Beyond case are said to have earned about half a million dollars from the girls, money they never received, money the girls never received. Okay, so they turned these kids into a sideshow. They charged people money uh, to come see them, and then they had merch. They had like they had a they had a a, a gift shop when you went to Quintland. They had a gift shop where you could buy merch with the quintuplets faces on them. And they made money from that too. And it was half a million dollars, but you got to remember this was in 1934. And I don't know what that equates to, but half a million dollars in 1934, you could imagine is like probably tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars today okay um so after a certain age they actually were given back to her their birth mother but it doesn't end there so their birth mother um what they did was uh they claim that what after returning back to their birth mother, they were subjected to psychological, uh, mental, verbal abuse and also sexual abuse. Now they don't go into detail about it, but the lives when they got back to the, um, when they got back to their birth mother, we were not, we're not, it was not good. Uh, It says about 6,000, back whenever they were in there, though, I'm reading more. It says about 6,000 people came every day to see the girls who were exposed to the public during playtime. There was also a souvenir shop run by the girl's mother where photos, autographs, books, postcards, dolls, etc. were sold, all printed with the image of the twins. In the first year, the Dion sisters' earnings exceeded $50 million dollars. So I don't know how we got from 500,000 to 50 million. I think 50 million is like the equivalence of what it would be today. Still, it's a shit ton of money, okay? Um, so they got given back, you know, full custody to their parents uh, or to their mom. Had awful lives after that. Eventually, grew up, got older. A few died of strokes in their 20s and 30s. Uh, A couple died later in life, and but there's two left. And the two that are left, their names are Annette and Cecile. They're still alive. And they sued in 1998. Uh, they sued the Canadian government. And sorry, there was three left. This is there's three. Why does it say there's three? I thought it said three died, leaving only two. Anyway, they got four million dollars in compensation. So they got four million. Uh, in 1998 when they were already old i mean hey you know they got something i'm not saying they shouldn't have gotten anything i'm just saying um the canadian government eventually did pay them four million dollars Woo! crazy that's a fun story oh my gosh not fun i was being sarcastic but That is the story of the Dion sisters. Do you have any questions, comments, email them to the Justin show podcast at gmail.com. Only email me if it's good stuff. If it's bad stuff, don't email me. Um, I don't want to hear that. I don't have time for that. Okay. I need positive good vibes right now. Okay. Um, But Hopefully uh, you enjoy this. Maybe you'll enjoy the next one as well. I don't know when the next one's going to come out. It's going to come out just whenever I make it come out. Okay. Uh, So the best way is to follow or like it or do whatever. If you see a button, any button that sounds good, that has a thumbs up and doesn't say unfollow, hit that button. Just just hit all of them, cover all the bases. You'll be fine. All right, guys. Thank you. See you next time. Hope you enjoyed it. Have a great day. I don't have anything else to talk about. I'm trying to stop the meeting. I don't know how to do this. Why can't I stop this? Oh, here we go. I'm going to stop it here. Okay. All right. I guess that's it. Bye, guys.